Welcome back to the Last Symptom Podcast. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of The Last Symptom. As you've seen in the news by now, there's been another shooting at an elementary school, this time in Uvalde, Texas. As a father to an elementary school-aged daughter, I gotta tell you, that I am particularly sensitive right now. Earlier tonight, I was watching English actor and comedian Russell Brand share some of his thoughts in a really serious and respectful video, and I definitely share his sentiments. He said, I'm a father. I have children. And then he went on to say, I can't even allow myself to imagine for a moment the depth of searing grief I might feel if I were subject to a trauma such as this one. I feel that way myself. Each time I even begin to go there in my imagination, I stop. I redirect my thoughts. Why? Because I can't even begin to go there. As Russell Brand said, I emotionally don't want to put myself through that. It's too much. Now, take the effect that I experience as I'm just tiptoeing around the very fringes of imagining such a loss myself. And now think about what the parents of those kids in Uvalde, Texas are experiencing who have no choice to tiptoe around the fringes of such a thing. No, they must experience the full reality of it for real, head on. It's too horrendous. None of us were ever intended to ever experience anything close to that. The conclusion that Russell Brand arrived at and went on to share was this. He said, evidently, we are living in a culture that is in decline. Well, as a God-fearing person and a person who uh, respects the Bible very much, I have to agree with Russell Brand. But it's not just a culture that's in decline. It's a world that's in decline. He also said, this is symptomatic of a deeper malaise, horrific though it is. For me, it thematically fits in with the general breakdown of our society. Again, I would say not the breakdown of just our society, but the world. The world, this system that we live in, is in a a quick and steady decline. To acknowledge the unthinkable tragedy in Texas and out of respect for the innocent children who lost their lives, the children who did not lose their lives but were there, or were directly affected by this and whose lives will never be the same. 
and also out of a deep feeling of compassion and concern for the parents and the other family members and friends of these children I considered not doing a show at all this week but then the more I thought about things I considered the fact that many of the topics we discuss here in my work with the last symptom are directly related to the underlying causes and foundation issues contributing to all these symptoms that we're seeing the fundamental root problems in the world that Russell Brand who I have to tell you is much more eloquent than I am and I admire that about him referred to in his own YouTube and Rumble show therefore the respectful response for me is not to skip an episode that's not the appropriate response considering the work I'm doing here rather the respectful response is to make sure I get an episode recorded and made available still there's not going to be any joking or storytelling this week and I realize that there's an argument to be made for the fact that entertainment and humor and escapism are good ways to find relief from tragedy but no not this time what happened in Texas involving children is way too serious to pretend away there is no more vulnerable or innocent life on this planet than children particularly elementary school age children it's a, it's a horror it's an absolute horror moments of silence have always seemed to me like literal acts of doing nothing whatsoever in the face of horrific and heartbreaking tragedy at a time when it seems like action is really the thing that is most needed but moments of silence are intended to allow us to push aside other less important thoughts for just a spell in the interest of grieving with other people who are grieving and to reflect on the fact that those people there in Texas they are real people with feelings like ours they're not just statistics they are people real people with feelings just like you and me and so were those children so with that in mind I'd like to invite you to join me right now for one minute of silence and reflection for the families in Texas
You might remember that in the past, I've said that in the course of authentic recovery from emotional disorders, periods of sitting around and seemingly doing nothing, when you've had the wind knocked out of you, is not doing nothing. It would only appear that you're doing nothing to outsiders. A boxer who gets uh, clobbered and falls down to the mat is not doing nothing by continuing to lay on the mat before getting up at the count of nine. He's respecting his limits and using that opportunity to recover as much energy as possible before he gets back up and gets into the fight. Every night, if you think about this, every night when you climb into your bed and you lie there sleeping for eight hours or six hours or nine hours or whatever it is for you, you're not doing nothing. You're respecting your body. You're giving your body what it needs so that during the waking hours, you can operate more healthily. Our moment of silence for the families of Uvalde, Texas, also uh, was not an example of doing nothing. A few weeks ago, I told you that as long as you're emotionally unhealthy, you can't have a healthy relationship with God. And somebody asked me if I could expand on that, and I'm happy to do that. But if you're not a, a God-fearing person, if you're an atheist, if you're ag- agnostic, if uh, whatever the case might be, don't go nowhere. Because you, you could get a lot from this discussion, and I'll tell you why. Because this don't just apply to God. This is not just something that's true for God. But what happens is that because people know that God, any any concept of God, is that he's all-powerful, some get tripped up by this. You see, it's easy for them to say, all right, if I'm emotionally unhealthy, I can't have a healthy relationship with my spouse. That makes sense to me. If I'm emotionally unhealthy, I can't have a healthy relationship with my kids. That also makes sense to me. But God is all-powerful. So what, what is impossible for him? Well, there's nothing impossible for God. But here's the thing. Here's the situation that an unhealthy person finds themselves in. At the root of emotional disorder is the belief or is a misbelief or mis is a distorted belief in the way that human value works you see we look at a car and we say that car it gets value its value rises it its value diminishes um, we look over at, a, at an electronic device we say look look at how the value of this electronic device works it uh it's very expensive when it first comes out and it's brand new. After that, it diminishes. We look out at movie stars and the messages coming from movies and TV and 
pop songs and we say oh if a person is successful they get a lot of money and so they're worth a lot but if they lose the esteem of the people around them then they don't get as much money so they're not worth as much and so the whole thing is built on a misperception about how human worth works and we've talked about this many times the way that a, a car's value is determined and fluctuates and operates and is created is is not the same the the nature of that type of value is not the nature is not the same type of uh, nature of the value of human beings same thing with electronic devices same thing with anything when we say that the the value of a thing is inherent to the thing that means that the thing itself provides the value you see in all the other cases we talked about with cars with electronic devices with uh, movie stars and celebrities bear in mind we're talking about celebrities we're not talking about them as human beings we're talking about them as a product a movie star uh, a brand right but that is distinct from them as human beings and at the root of emotional disorder is this mis- is this uh, failure to understand that there is a difference between that type of wor- worth commercial worth and human worth human worth is not it, it doesn't fall into the same category as human worth commercial worth goes up and down fluctuates it can disappear entirely but in the world of commercial worth or value the worth itself is not generated from the thing itself it's generated from how many people admire the thing and want it you see which is completely different from how human worth works when we're talking about human worth the fact that you're a human is what produces the worth and it don't matter if anybody wants you loves you cares about you admires you or not the worth does not go away or fluctuate or anything because it's not based on that human worth and commercial worth are distinct two entirely different things the nature of your worth as a person does not in any way resemble or fall into the same category as commercial worth and so at the root of emotional disorder is a failure to understand that distinction and why do people fail to to understand that distinction because their parents didn't understand the distinction and so when they raised you they raised you with only one understanding of one type of worth and so when you look at yourself and you go what is my worth how does my worth work where does it come from what do you apply what do you apply to yourself you apply the same type of worth the only type of worth that you know about the kind that applies to cars and baseball trading cards and electronic devices and celebrities now the celebrities is a little tricky because you say well they're people yes 
but we're not you know their worth as a celebrity is their worth as a commercial object it has no effect whatsoever on their worth as people as individuals their worth as people as individuals just like you and me do not fluctuate um, Johnny Depp's in the news a lot right now all right really famous guy has done a lot of great movies a tremendous actor really tremendous actor um, when I was listening to him testify about Jack Sparrow you know the the uh, pirate that he did for Disney and his method for coming up with that character I was astonished uh, and impressed that is his his public persona a, a, a commercial thing but Johnny Depp is also just a person and his worth as a human being as just what he is you know him being an actor does not inherently describe what he is it's interesting in the Spanish language most of uh, people who speak Spanish should should grasp this idea really easily there are two forms of a verb the verb to be in the Spanish language there's estar and then there is ser now when I was learning the Spanish language this is really a complex notion for me because we don't have it in we do have it in English but only in um, it, we use it very sparingly but anyway those of you who speak Spanish you understand the difference between estar and ser for example if I say to you estás muy bonita how many of you understand that that means you're you're very pretty you're very beautiful today uh, before we get in there it means you're very pretty but estar estar used in that way estás muy bonita does not mean that you are inherently beautiful it means that today the way you're dressed right now you are appearing very beautiful to me it's not a commentary on your inherent state but if I say eres muy bonita it completely changes the meaning it still says the same thing it says you're beautiful or you're pretty but now I've switched from the you know the the current superficial state of speaking and now I'm making commentary on your inherent state isn't it's not that you're just pretty because of the way you're dressed now when I say eres muy bonita I'm saying no matter what you're wearing you're beautiful you are beautiful you are providing the beauty not what you're wearing not how your hair is you yourself are what is beautiful I've been wanting to talk to you folks about that for a long time and um, and I just threw this out this was not part of my outline so I'm gonna have to talk about it more later but what I'm saying is that that's the type of thing we're talking about at the root of emotional disorder are people unable 
to make that distinction between what is an inherent worth that is inherent and worth that is just that depends on the the state of how you look that day how many people like you that day what you're wearing that day that is at the very foundation of emotional disorder so back to this discussion about how as long as you're emotionally unhealthy you can't have a healthy relationship with God knowing that that is at the very root of it this this failure to understand that human worth does not fall into a category of commercial worth when we're unsure about the nature of our value in other words when we don't understand that it it comes that we provide it what we are provides it 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 can't come from anything else it if i change this shirt my worth doesn't go up or down because i myself me brian barnett am providing the worth the worth is inherent to who and what i am so no matter how i look no matter what i'm wearing no matter how successful or not successful i am i myself am constantly I, I am the source of worth. It doesn't matter how many people like me. You, do you, are you starting to see the, the, the distinction between commercial worth and human worth? They are not in anywhere or in any way in the same category. But when we're unsure about this, when we don't understand that distinction, and we only know the one, the commercial worth, and we apply that to ourselves. In what that naturally means is that on our own, just like this electronic device, if nobody wants it, it's, it's worthless. We say that applies to us too. Because I'm applying the, the, the type of worth that applies to things like cars and electronic devices and uh, artwork, right? <laughs> my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, can draw a picture for you right now and uh, you can have it for six billion dollars that's all i'm willing to sell it for is it worth six billion dollars who determines whether a painting is worth six billion dollars i'll tell you who determines how many people want it and that's it if nobody wants my daughter's paint my daughter my six-year-old daughter drawn except for me even though for me it might be worth six billion dollars if if there's not a bunch of people out there willing to throw down money for it then commercially it's not worth six billion dollars now when we are unsure about the nature of our value the what the nature of our value i'm not talking about what our value is i'm talking about the nature of it how it works what, what creates the value? Where does the value come from? When we don't understand the nature, the true nature of our worth as people, it means that we perceive, we, the only thing we've got to go on is what we see in the world around us, the commercial, uh, um, the commercial, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, anyway, the commercial type of value. We apply that to ourselves. That type of value is not inherent. Um, 
which necessarily means, I mean, what it means when you apply the same type of value that we applied to cars to yourself, what it means is that just on your own, you are worthless. Why are you worthless when you, when your understanding of how worth works and you apply that to yourself, why would you say that you are worthless? Because that type of worth has to come from external things. It has to come from outside of you. The car does not generate the worth. A car does not generate value. That's not the way commercial value works. What generates the value for a car is how many people admire it. If nobody admires that car, it doesn't matter if it's brand new. If nobody's willing to pay $5 for that car, it's not worth $5. It doesn't matter if it's brand new. The car is not generating anything. It doesn't matter how new it is. The thing that is generating the value for anything commercial is admiration. How many people admire and and crave that thing? And unhealthy people say, well, I know of no other type of value. That must be true for me too. They arrive at this conclusion as children. They arrive at, at that conclusion as children because that's the message they're getting from their parents. Their parents are set, and their parents aren't coming right out and saying it. Hey, you're not, you're not worth uh, a car. No, not most parents. Some parents do say things like that, but the messaging is very subtle. You see, the parents, the parents also, as I mentioned earlier, do not understand that there is a distinction between types of value, the, the nature of how value works. The parents themselves don't understand that there is a difference between the nature, the nature of how value works for a comic book and how it works for people. So the children grow up and what understanding of that of value systems do they adopt for people? The only one they have access to, the only one that their emotional teachers, understand that that is the root cause of emotional disorders so in that type of value system if you strip away people's admiration and you strip away everything and you're just left with the thing itself the comic book but nobody wants it then it's worthless what happens if you don't have enough admiration from people and you're a person? Well, you're just like that comic book. You're just like that comic book. You have no value on your own. And that is not the way that human value works. But when we grow up with that understanding of how human value works, it, it, which is erroneous, by the way, it's not, that's not true. There's two different types of value of there's two different nature natures of value. The, the one nature of how value works applies to commercial things. The other nature of how value works applies to humans. 
But unhealthy people don't know that. But when we are unsure about the nature of our value, because we've grown up not being able to, to distinguish ourselves from cars and electronic devices and comic books and baseball trading cards, it means that whatever love or extension of friendship that gets extended to us, we will block it. We will obstruct it ourselves. Why do we do that? We ourselves will prevent our own selves from being able to take it in, absorb that love and friendship. Because why? Because of our erroneous understanding of about how our the fundamental nature of how human value works. We aren't worth it. That's the, that is the, the most destructive part of not having an accurate understanding about inherent worth. When you grow up thinking that your value operates, the nature of human value works the same way as a car, on some level, on some level, you understand that just on your own, you are worthless. You are devoid of worth. Why? How, how do we get from there to here? Where, okay, so my worth has to come from people's admiration stuff. How, does, how do we get from that to I'm devoid of worth? Because you're not providing the worth. You're not, you yourself are not, you know, you're not providing the worth. Your existence is not creating it. Not as long as you believe that the nature of your worth operates the same way as a Nintendo. How does a Nintendo's worth work? Does the Nintendo just create the worth on its own? Not if people don't want it. Not if people don't admire it. Not if they're not talking about it. So, on some level, people understand. Even if they don't consciously understand it, they subconsciously or unconsciously understand that if, my, if the nature of my worth falls into the same category as that as a, of a car or of a Nintendo or of a comic book or of a baseball trading card then just on my own just on my own I'm worth less I'm devoid of worth my worth has to come from out there and be given to me and that's not how human worth works so when we find ourselves in that belief system, what we do is we, we know, we know, quote unquote, that we're worthless, just us ourselves. And so when people try to extend love to us and friendship, we slap it away. You see, we block the love and the friendship from fully reaching us because we don't believe we're worth it. <laughs> If we can't take it in, it can't do us any good. It can't have the full positive effect on us that it's supposed to have. 
a person who hates herself and views herself as inherently inherently devoid of worth that's the commercial that's the nature of commercial worth just on your own you're worthless and so when people believe that that the nature of that type of worth applies to us as people on some level they view themselves as completely worthless that's why you see people um, killing themselves to achieve success that's it people kill themselves to achieve success why because they're worthless without the admiration of people but the love never gets through no matter how successful you are and you know I was reading a follow up thing about Will Smith today it's clear to me that the man the man does not believe in inherent value in fact everything that has propelled him throughout his career has been that motor that motivator to I want to to feel like I I matter like I have value how do I have value well I I have value the same way that that Trans Am over there has value or that motorcycle has value people must admire me and this is the thing that has propelled him along in his career but when you live with that type of understanding about how human value works the value can um, any type of love cannot reach you because as I say as I said again before um, the belief system itself does not allow for it because what happens when all this you begin getting all this admiration from all sides what is the fundamental belief you still have about yourself I'm worthless <laughs> there's only two types of value there's commercial value and there is human value which is inherent when you understand and fully uh, grasp human value is inherent then you understand that a person can walk around fully confident and at ease with himself or herself always no matter what clothes they're wearing no matter what trajectory their career takes no matter how many people admire them or don't um, understanding that your worth is inherent changes everything as long as you don't believe that it's inherent you can't take it in you can't, whatever love is offered to you you can't take it in because you don't deserve it and if you can't take it in it can't have a full positive effect on you that it's supposed to have folks who are applying to themselves the same nature of value that applies to cars and electronic devices and comic books and baseball trading cards another effect of this is that they hate themselves why, why would they hate themselves 
because they're not they, they're worthless you see from their point of view they are worthless that is sad it's a dramatic statement but the more you think about it the more you'll understand that it's true nobody who does not understand that they themselves as a human what they are the fact that they are a human being is what provides the worth the worth is they the, the worth is uh, radiating out of them out, out of them they are the ones providing the worth it doesn't have to come from from anywhere else those people walk around secure confident and they love themselves not in a narcissistic or unhealthy way they love themselves in a very healthy way and things like bullying can have no effect they're immune to it yes uh, since we, you know we're mentioning the thing in texas people who have an, a proper understanding about the na- the true nature of the way human worth works they're immune to bullying they don't like getting bullied but the bullying can affect them because bullying by its very nature is an attack on a person's sense of worth as a person and um, healthy people who don't live um, applying commercial notions of worth to people are immune to bullying a person who hates herself and views herself as inherently unworthy of being uh, viewed as lovable you know that's really what we're talking about again this goes back to language you know we talked earlier about estar and ser in the spanish language think about these two words loved and lovable which one is describing an inherent state loved or lovable it's lovable lovable describes an inherent state what it literally means is i am a i am capable of being loved love just means people love you or they don't that you know to my audience you really need to begin thinking in terms of inherent you know this this describes the inherent nature of a thing or does it it describe a superficial temporary state that would be a thing to write down everything we talk about here we're we're always discussing two different states well two different realities right and the inherent state of a thing and also a temporary superficial state when we're talking when we were talking earlier about inherent worth healthy people view their inherent state in one way they view their worth who they are what they are as a person they understand that it, that that is describing an inherent quality of just who and what they are when you switch over into the commercial type of value system you're not talking about an inherent anything you're talking about a temporary superficial state right now this car is worth that much right now that 
baseball trading card is worth that much. It's a temporary state. What do we know about temporary states? They fluctuate, don't they? Does human worth fluctuate? No, because it doesn't fall into that category of superficial temporary states. When we're talking about your worth as a person, we're talking about an inherent permanent quality. Now, a person who um, doesn't understand these things, like I said, views herself as unlovable, unlovable and unloved. We're talking about uh, what we just talked about. Unlovable describes an inherent quality. When you view yourself as unlovable, this is not just for now. Like if you do a few things, that then that can change. We're talking about inherent, an inherent quality, what you are. When we talk about loved, we're talking about a superficial, temporary state. Right now I'm not loved, but I could be loved if I style my hair different, if I put on a different shirt. Think about God think about anybody extending love to a person who only um, understands a commercial the commercial nature of value alright so person is sitting around feeling bad about herself or him, himself and people say well we need to what that person needs is more love let's give him more love and they start throwing love at that person do you see that if the person views himself or herself as unlovable that is not worthy of love this is not the same as unloved what would happen if you threw a bunch of love at somebody who felt who who only felt unloved? What would help? What would happen? Oh, I feel loved. The problem would be solved. But what happens when you throw a bunch of love at a person who feels unloveable? Does the problem get solved? No. And not even God can penetrate this. Not even God will penetrate this. Let's put it that way. He can't because of free will. So, let's say that God extends love to this person all year long. If she's slapping the love away because she doesn't view herself as lovable, what good can God's love do? What, lo- what good can anybody's love do? You see... If you're if you're extending love to me and I keep and I myself keep slapping it away, how is this any different than the person who isn't getting any love? There is no difference, because if I'm not allowing it to get to me, I say I'm not I I don't deserve that. I don't nope that's not for me nope boom 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 and I'm I'm slapping that love away all the love being extended to me I'm slapping it away myself I myself am doing that is that any different than a person who is not loved at all no 
It's not any different because in both cases, neither person is receiving the love. So they can't absorb it. It can't do them any good. The person himself or herself is the one putting himself or herself into that predicament. Think about a starving person. They're starving to death. You take pity on them. So you offer them an apple. Can you uh, imagine the scene? The person there, weak, starving, ribs showing. Skinny as can be. Sitting there in their starvation state. And you approach the person with an apple. And you extend the apple to them and you say, please, please take this apple. I want you to have it. And what does the starving person do? She slaps it out of your hand. You say, this person is going to die if she doesn't eat. So what is the solution to this situation? I know what the solution is. I'm going to go and I'm going to get two apples. Two apples will do it. You come back with two apples. You extend the two apples to the starving person. And what happens? She slaps them away. You see, she she doesn't view herself as deserving of the apples so she she won't take them in she won't consume them she doesn't deserve herself as deserving of them our society is so pointlessly devoid of insight on this issue when it comes to love and people who are hurting you know what society says the solution is get more apples get more apples that'll fix it yeah go get more apples that's exactly what is missing here she's not getting enough apples this starving this poor starving woman that's the problem we're not offering this person you see we're not offering enough apples So they go and get more apples and offer it to the starving person and that person just keeps slapping them away. Do you see that in this situation not even truckloads of apples would make any difference? Do you see that? It doesn't matter how many apples you offer this woman if she just keeps slapping them away. If the woman if the woman doesn't perceive herself as deserving of receiving and eating these apples and she refuses to allow herself the apples, the nutrition can't get inside of her and it can't do any good. Love is no different. People who are truly hurting are not hurting because of a lack of access to love. 
the fundamental problem is that they themselves do not perceive themselves as lovable. That is the issue. Think about it. It's not that there's not any love out there for them or that nobody's offering them love. And it wouldn't matter if it wouldn't matter if the whole world surrounded them and said, "We love you. We love you here. Let's do all these loving things for you." That's not the problem. The fundamental problem is that they themselves do not perceive themselves as lovable. What is lovable? Is lovable a word that describes a temporary, superficial state? No. Lovable is a word that describes an inherent quality. An inherent quality. So, the person who views himself or herself as unlovable what that means is that they view themselves as undeserving of love completely. As long as this is true, they will continue to slap away any love that is extended to them. And as long as they are slapping it away, they can't receive it. They can't take it in. It can't nourish them. So, before a person can benefit from love and from a relationship with anybody, including God, the most high and most powerful, the the sovereign of the universe, the person herself or himself must first view herself or himself as lovable. That means worthy of being loved. What is a natural result of viewing yourself as worthy of being loved? You begin to love yourself. You say, I I am worthy of that. I am worthy of that. I, I can start to love myself now. The person who begins to love herself then can begin to accept love from others because she knows that it's she deserves it until she loves herself and until she views herself as lovable it doesn't matter how much God loves you or how many invitations he extends to you to have a healthy relationship with him you first have to be receptive to it And that means developing the quality of humility. What is humility? It's accepting that you don't know everything, (laughs) basically. In other words, you submit to the reality that even though you may condemn yourself in your heart, God knows you better than you know yourself. It means that even though this... um, sympathetic or empathetic professor uh, that you have even though he's not you he sees things that are worth loving 
It means this mentor you have. Even though he's not you, maybe he can see some, some things that you can't. Maybe he knows some things about you that you don't even know about yourself. I can tell you that even though you're only listening to my voice, I know things about you that you don't know about yourself. Yeah, I can say that very confidently. You know why? Because I was once in your position, and there were people who helped me who knew things about me that I did not even know about myself. So humility, submitting to the reality that you don't know everything. Even though you're you and you're living your life experience, every thought and perspective that you have about your life and about yourself um, is is not the entirety of anything. You know, when when we think about ourselves and we evaluate ourselves, the conclusions we reach are based on um, preconceptions, distorted thinking, um, a limited uh, viewpoint. And um, if that is not true for people on the outside of us, like looking in, who see things that we can't see about ourselves. Yeah, I wish I had a person who could watch watch me every time I do one of these shows and um, just watch me do a run through. You know, kind of like Saturday Night Live, where they have like this live audience and they do like a run through. If I had one person who could just watch me do a run through and say, you know what? I think that you could make your point much better if you did this and if you did that different. I think my show would be better. I really do. What does that say? What does that tell you? It tells you that no matter how much I'm me and no matter how much um, I I think I know myself, there are things that I don't, I can't perceive. I can't, I can't perceive like somebody from the outside looking in. Uh, You know, so that's humility submit submit that's the word write that down submit humility is submitting are you willing to submit to the reality that God knows you better than you know yourself he certainly does the Bible says he has the hairs of your head counted it also talks about his power to uh, resurrect you even when thousands of years might have passed to resurrect you exactly as you were how could he do that unless he is making note of every thought in your head every feeling you experience and everything that makes you you and he's doing that for you personally I should mention and he was doing that also for every one of those children who were killed in that school in Texas how much love must he have for us where he's paying attention like that and willing to do that for us so that when the time comes you know heaven forbid uh, any of us were to um, lose our lives in this system of things that no matter how much time passes, he could just bring you back to life 
exactly as you are. Humility. Humility. Submitting to the reality that God knows you better than you know yourself. But if you're an atheist, there, this is not any less um, a significant point. The point would be that there are people around you who see things that that of tremendous worth and value within who you are, what you are. And number two, human beings possess inherent value. You know, we've talked about that a lot tonight. It, it's simply a part of being a human. You're not a chair. You're not an electronic device. You're not a car. Um, you're not a comic book, and you're certainly not a baseball trading card. And that's not the nature of the way... You, your value works because you are not any of those things. You are a person. And the way people value works is completely different from those things. There are two distinct different types of value systems. There's inherent value and then there's commercial value. You don't fall into commercial value in any way, shape, or form unless you are a movie star or you're a swimsuit model. But even then, your value as a swimsuit model is no commentary whatsoever on your value as a person. Do you see that? You as a swimsuit model is a commercial job. It, it's a job title. It's like, what's my value as a, uh, a landscaper? Well, two different things we're talking about here. My value as a landscaper has no effect whatsoever on my value as a person. Only unhealthy people equate my value as a landscaper with my value as a person. Only unhealthy people do that. There are two. And if you're applying one value type across the board to cars and electronic devices and comic books and people, it's the only one you know. Then you're unhealthy you, you you were raised with unhealthy emotional teachers who themselves did not know that there is more than one type of value system and that one applies to people one applies to things and commercial things and that to apply the, commer the, the one that applies to commercial things to human beings is really really unhealthy because it, it doesn't apply it's not anywhere in the same boat. Next week, we're going to talk about the difference between qualities and feelings. We're going to talk about is empathy a feeling or an act? So really, what we're going to be talking about is qualities, feelings, and acts. So what's the, what is the difference? It, what is the difference between an between a quality what is a quality what is a feeling what category does that fall into and and how are all of these three things qualities feelings and acts completely distinct and different we're going to talk about that please join me my heart goes out to you folks in texas anywhere around that area of uvalde texas my heart breaks for you, and I hope you find solace 
in uh, the promises that the Bible gives. Uh, some of you might say, well, God, why would you talk about God at a time like this? Where was God when these children were being gunned down? If, if uh, the folks that you approach to get spiritual answers to questions like that cannot provide you with a comprehensive, cohesive, satisfactory answer to why God must allow terrible and horrific things to happen for now. <clears throat> Don't give up that search. Don't give up that search. Talk to God about it. Tell him I don't understand, but I would like to understand. And then be receptive to the answer coming from perhaps non-preferable sources. And finally, do your part. You know, when we pray for a thing, we have to be doing our part. Um, one thing I've learned in the last 10 years for sure is that uh, a healthy relationship with God is no different whatsoever than authentic recovery from an emotional disorder. God can't act in any way that affects you negatively. If, if it's not for your long-term well-being, he can't act in that way. So if you're praying for a thing, but you're not doing anything, you're just waiting around lazily for things to be done for you that you could be doing for yourself and should be doing for yourself, but you're just not doing and in this case, I'm talking about searching out answers, uh, then God can't do much for you. He can't, because he can't, he can't violate his own perfect laws and principles to enable you. You know, that's really what it, that would be. It would be an, an enabling behavior. But on the other hand, if he sees you're truly interested, he sees you're making an effort to gain insight and get questions answers to your questions then he will step in but he needs to see that first he can't act until he sees that first it's the same way with your dealings with me if if I have all these hours of content and answers and insights that I'm I'm offering up and I begin talking to you and I find out you haven't made you haven't taken advantage of any of them then I'm not going to be very inclined to put myself out to do anything for you because by doing that would be to enable your complete failure to act in your own best interests. you see. So a relationship with God is a lot like that. So what I've learned is that... Uh, that if you understand the uh, fundamental laws and principles of emotional health and uh, you're talking to God about this in an earnest and sincere way and you're doing your part he'll take a large step forward and he'll meet you halfway and make sure you get the answers to those questions ladies and gentlemen no music to close out today's show because of the um, the serious nature of world events, particularly in Uvalde, Texas, 
I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll look forward to seeing you back here next week at the same time. Take care.